All right, I am Haggai Davis III, along with Haggai Davis II, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Our show is a conversation about the past, present, and future of all things technology that we like to keep topical, interesting, and digestible. We want to thank our sponsor, Cardinal Capital, for making this possible. Cardinal Capital connects businesses to capital. It doesn't matter what business that you are in, Cardinal Capital has the resources all across the United States that are willing to help fund organizations of all sizes, life cycles, categories, and locations. Cardinal Capital works with you to craft the best commercial finance package for you to achieve your business goals. Whether you're looking to refinance current debt because of the new government programs and favorable interest rates, or finance new equipment, or maybe you're trying to acquire another business entirely, Cardinal Capital has the resources to make it happen. When lenders cannot do a loan, they seek out Cardinal Capital to help. The Cardinal Capital guys are easy to work with and fun to be around. Contact them today at 225-308-3700 or send them an email at info at cardinalcap.net and they'll be happy to help you with your commercial finance needs. So normally this segment we like to take a listener question about a topic that they were interested in by visiting our website techgumbo.net or by sending us a text at 225-255-0431 and we discuss that listener's questions, come up, find, give the answers we find, and then we send them a, a nice Tech Gumbo coffee mug for sending us that question. But this week, we just got to a point where we said, okay, no questions this week, because the only thing that anybody can talk about anymore, it's, I think it's a law now, you have to talk about Elon Musk. Yeah, we apologize for being sucked into this black hole that is the conversation around Musk and the Twitter deal. But there's just so much to talk about and us being a technology show and already covering a lot of Musk for what he does with SpaceX because and Starlink, because those are interesting and useful and pieces of technology that are dancer society. We talk a lot about Twitter and its relationship to free speech and digital media as a platform it really just touches all of our buttons. And so we have to, we're contractually obligated. But this guy who has been, some people call him the, the real life Tony Stark or Bruce Wayne, call him what you want. He's, he's developing this Neuralink company to embed chips inside of brains and just all the different things that he is going after and trying to, you know, and building businesses around. And, and oh, by the way, now he's he's playing around with Twitter, too. It's just he's a fascinating individual. You love him or hate him. He's he's fascinating, if nothing else. Oh, absolutely. And I, I know that sometimes we can be critical of Musk. And it's important to be fair to him that what he's doing with the Tesla company and their, the revolution that they have brought about for electric vehicles, electric vehicle charging stations, and battery technology, and safety. Those have advanced that field incredibly. That it wasn't that long ago that people thought it was going to collapse. But the what the Tesla company can do from a safety standpoint and electric vehicle standpoint really is incredible. And same thing with SpaceX. That's... Exactly. You talk, you, I was just going to thank you for talking about SpaceX. The fact that he's had these rockets launch and come right back down and land on a barge in the ocean or on, on land, wherever, reusable rocketry. Nobody was doing that before he got involved. Oh, absolutely. The, the cost to launch something into space 
he is dropping zeros off the end of that. And it cannot be overstated how important that is to the future of the entire spacefaring industry. That NASA had stalled for a lot of different reasons, and it has been reignited and jumpstarted in an incredibly meaningful and powerful way. And that is awesome that he is doing those things. And if that was all that he was doing, he would be a hero. He would be celebrated and we would sing his praises. But he's full of contradictions. He worries about the future of civilization and he, he wants to put a colony on Mars. But he quit President Trump's Council on Manufacturing and Creation because he was protesting the, the United States decision to pull out of the Paris Climate Accords. And one doesn't have something to do with the other, but they there's your contradictions. And and he's not he contributes to both the Republicans and Democrats equally. He doesn't play sides on one side of the aisle or the other. He does tend to skew a little more to the conservative because he likes to poke fun at liberals. But he's got a lot of liberal ideas, too. Yeah, and that's that's the thing is that, you know, if if he were to never be on Twitter, the the he would be a champion of the left that he would. But he would also be a champion of the right. The fact that things like advancing electric vehicle technology, that's this this idea of clean and renewable energy is something that the left is very fond of. And to do this from a private business is something that the right is very fond of. If he were to just keep his mouth shut, he's, his approval ratings would be off the charts or keep his fingers tied together. So this is a guy who started off with zip files. I mean, he created Zip2 back in the mid-90s to, to help compile data in the smaller packets so you could put it on on floppy disk and things to get it get it around and he's the one who sued the pentagon in the early 2000s because the pentagon was controlling what nasa could do and he wanted to have spacex go to mars and everybody said you're crazy but he did it and now he's got spacex with all these satellites buzzing around for starlink and you've just got so many things that you think, wow, that's really great. And then you think, wow, what the hell was he thinking? It makes sense that because he's wanted to do spacefaring and build rockets since a young age, that there's a lot of stories for even as far back. It was when he was 14. He had his eyes in the stars and you're like, OK, you know what? Like SpaceX required a lot of engineering and he was a really important engineer at SpaceX for a long time. That's his expertise. That's what he's doing. And whenever he is in that field, he, he is making his hay. But then you say, OK, well, he's also kind of entering into the digging industry with the boring company. And then he's also getting into the, as we mentioned earlier, the cybernetic industry with Neuralink. And now he's getting into the social media industry with Twitter. Those are all really far apart. And to sit there and have to understand them well enough to run those companies well, and then to still be running the original companies, that's really hard. These are very different things. And so now he's out there wanting to, to buy Twitter. And he's made this big $44 billion proposal to go buy Twitter because he's going to revolutionize Twitter. He's going to change it so that 
they're going to not have any kind of moderation. They're not going to have, he's going to make all of their, their algorithms open source, open code. So everyone's going to have total do whatever you want on Twitter kind of mentality, except there's a few problems with some of that. Right. It turns out that the concept of free speech is very hard and that especially it gets even more complicated whenever you have a social media platform that exists in different places because what we here in America say is different than what people in Europe say is different than what people in India say. And so how do you balance these things against each other? Because India is Twitter's fourth largest market. The people in India are saying, wait a minute, please don't take away the content moderation. You remove content moderation, we're going to have riots in the streets throughout all of India. And then you also have the laws in the European Union that, that mandate content moderation. So, okay, if you're going to have Twitter just for the United States, Okay, great. Then you can you can just do away with whatever you want, but you can't have you know the worldwide social media platform that Twitter is if you're gonna not involve India and the European Union and a lot of other places as well. Because what happens if you send a tweet in the US but someone reads it in Europe? Or what happens if you are reading your phone and you walk the border from India into another country? and get into these weird things of whenever you try and say, oh, well, we're just going to follow the laws of that specific country, you're, that's not going to work. You, you have to have site-wide policies or you're sit there and you're going to carve Twitter into 50 different sub-platforms and that's going to destroy your ability to monetize it, which is his entire goal in the first place. Which is an interesting thing when you consider that Elon Musk has come out and said, well, you know, I, I may not do this deal after all. And then within an hour, he came back and said, no, no, I'm still committed, but I just don't know right now. We're, we're just going to put pause on, on the whole process kind of thing. And there's a lot of problems with that. Right. He said deal is still uh, imminent or still committed to the acquisition was what he said. But then he said that that it would have to happen at a lower price, but the does the Twitter board grant that lower price? Does the Twitter board say, no, 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 you agreed to $44 billion. We agreed to $44 billion. If you come back and say $34 billion, that changes things because they specifically considered the fact that he was making them such a good deal at the time. That's explicitly part of why they agreed to it. And if he says, oh, well, all of a sudden I'm not feeling that same number anymore, you don't just get to do that. And oh, by the way, in the agreement, there is a, a reverse termination fee. So that if he cancels the whole deal, he's going to owe Twitter a billion dollars. So let's also dig into why is he suddenly expressing all the skepticism? What he is claiming that the main holdup is there are some people who think he's playing 4D chess and that it was all some move to offload Tesla stock or something like that. We're just going to take him at his word here and say that it, it's about the number of spam bots that are active on Twitter at any one point in time. Monetizable Daily Active Unit, MDAU, is the official term that Twitter uses here. 
when you sit there and you have the current CEO, Parag Agrawal, try and explain how we go about calculating, because Twitter knows there are obviously robot, you know, spam accounts out there, just spam bots, and this is how we calculate it. And Elon's only reply was the poop emoji. It's tough to have a an adult conversation at that point. Yeah, you really um, wonder how serious he is about the whole thing, and especially the fact that this conversation is happening on Twitter in the first place. I am not a CEO. I have never taken part in a, buying another business, especially one that is this large. But you would think that these are the types of things that would happen in boardrooms with lawyers present and probably your advisors and their advisors and not just two guys going back and forth on their cell phone. I don't know. I'm not an expert, but that's just my thoughts here. Well, there were non-disclosure agreements that were signed and Musk said, no, I don't need to do all that due diligence. I know what I'm buying. I want it. And... Then all of a sudden, when Musk came out and said, there's a, whatever the certain the percentage of spam bots, that broke an NDA that he was disclosing information. And that's got him in trouble. The SEC was is waiting to have a conversation with him over that. And then Mr. Musk decided that he could just start making things a lot more complex than they really are and things that that are really complex he was trying to make them much more simple and 40 chess isn't even close to where the the conspiracy theories are going with all this yeah and it's not great whenever people have to sit there and concoct all kinds of crazy wild explanations as to why this move makes sense because it doesn't make sense on its surface that's the, uh, at its face, this looks like Musk being an idiot, at a, and he's about to anger at least one, but probably several federal agencies, and he's about to lose a lot of money. And that all of this is completely preventable, completely predictable, and we're probably going to end up in a worse place for it. Because he's put so many different things on the line with this. The value of the Tesla stock. The value of SpaceX stock, the value of a lot of people's investments in these stocks, and the value of, of Twitter stock. And he's playing with people's money, and that's going to get a lot of people really mad, too. Right. He used Tesla stock and SpaceX stock as collateral for the loan that he used to buy Twitter. And so there was also some language set up to where if the value of the Tesla stock went below a certain value, that triggers other things. And so because the market as a whole is down recently, and also people are nervous about the fact that Musk is using this Tesla stock, that has also pushed the price down. And so you're really getting into a lot of complex financial things happening here. And it's really just it's ridiculous the, the the number of things that are happening here that anyone could have told you that wow you should really probably take your time on this make sure that you're certain that you do your due diligence if you're if you think that 
the Twitter's estimation of 5% of their users are bots, if that's going to be a sticking point for you, take a month, take six months and investigate that number and really be sure that you're getting what you think you're getting. There's nothing that says you have to do this deal tomorrow. Oh, and by the way, like like the the Avengers where he called all of his billionaire buddies. Hey, why don't you all put some money into let's all buy this Twitter together thing. Well, one of the investors he brought in that's committing some money is from Saudi Arabia. And it's not just because he's from Saudi Arabia, but because he's not from the United States. Now, the Security Exchange Commission also wants to have a conversation with Mr. Musk over that because that's not really permissible. And it's starts to get into interesting questions of, okay, well, you know, if he's bringing in a lot of money from Saudi Arabia and his claim is to try and bolster free speech, Saudi Arabia has different views on free speech than we do. And so what is the impact of having this person who has a lot of money invested in this? Are they going to say money is my number one priority? Are they going to say free speech is my number one priority? Free speech as we understand it in America or free speech as they understand it in Saudi Arabia. You're getting a lot of different things happening here that are coming together at weird intersections. And we haven't even actually closed the deal yet. We haven't even gotten to actual policy one that Musk would implement in order to change Twitter. The best that we can tell is that the board has agreed to accept his offer. And there's probably been some letter of agreement signed. The deal is nowhere, nowhere near being closed. And this is Mr. Musk does not own Twitter. He is not even close. He does own the the nine billion dollars worth of stock that he had bought before all of this. So he does own a big chunk of, but it 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 still wasn't enough to have a controlling interest. And he's trying to buy this in buy 100% of the of all the shares of stock. You don't go about it doing that the way he's doing it. Yeah, that's that's the biggest thing is it would have been really easy to do this a different way. You would have saved yourself a lot of money, a lot of hassle to just do this like a normal person, like a grown up. And that's the that's the hardest part about all of this is that this could have happened behind closed doors over six months. And we could find out in July that. Musk and Twitter had agreed to a deal and that they were close to closing and that they were just in the final regulatory hurdles. And that would be all we heard of it. And everyone would have this conversation then. But at least we'd be having the parts about like, what are the policies that he's going to consider? What are the impacts? And not screaming at the, why is he being such an idiot? It, it really goes back to how much of an enigma Elon Musk really is in that yes he does have asperger's and and yes there is but he's 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 got his quirks he's a very interesting individual but being interesting and being a thrillionaire as he's called is not always a good thing right it's fun whenever you're quirky and you're worth fifty thousand dollars but whenever you were $300 billion, those quirks have real life implications for a lot of people. Yes. And so we uh, we thank you for allowing us to go off on this whole Elon Musk segment. And we will try not to talk about Elon Musk for quite some time here on Tech Gumbo. Fingers crossed. 
And we want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission. And that mission is to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed services provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers from Texas to the Carolinas. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through the continuous use of innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 120 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, programmers, and designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of businesses, schools, and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business's strength. This has become a proven formula, so proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need new IT services, new technology, or you just have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. And if you enjoyed our show today, we're here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4, and the show will rerun Sunday at 4. If you missed any part of our show or you would like to hear any of the previous episodes, check out our podcast, which is available on most every platform, including Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, Podcast Attic, Overcast, Player FM, and more. And when you're there, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified every time a new episode is posted. If you like our show, if you have some suggestions or want to submit a question, let us know by visiting our website, techgumbo.net, or send us a text, 225-255-0431. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.